Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hi, everyone. Brand new series today called Every Day, Every Day, The Way, The Truth, The Life. And uh, I'll talk to you in just a moment about the verse that's going to lead us through the series. But I just, I just want us to pause for a minute today and consider that it is one year later. It's been a year that we have been living with a pandemic. It's been a year since we met together in church Uh, It's been a year of figuring out how to do life together at a distance. And uh, I got to tell you, I didn't get what I hoped for, but I also didn't experience what I feared. It's kind of a both-and situation. I didn't get what I hoped for because we didn't go back to church. Uh, The church didn't just open the doors wide open again and we come back to worship. Um, But I also didn't get what I feared. And what I feared was this sense of complete decimation of all that we have known and loved. God helped us through the process. And one of the things that I feared as a pastor was the loss of relationship to you, the loss of connection. And I know it's been different. And many of us might even say, yeah, we have lost that. But we've lived through a whole year of this pandemic. And although it's been difficult... I can say with great confidence that Jesus has been faithful every day. Can I get an amen? Come on, from your living room. Let's hear it. Amen. God has been good. And so over the next four weeks, we want to share the stories of how God's faithfulness has led GT through the most unforgettable year in our lifetime. And, you know, I I just want to reflect with you on some stories as we move through the series. I want to talk today sort of on the macro scale, just to give you kind of a big picture, just to zoom out of GT Church after a year. And so I'll share a few little highlights, but over the series in the next few weeks, you're going to hear specific stories about how God has done really beautiful things in people's lives so let me start with a key verse for the whole series. Uh, you would have, you, you can probably guess which verse it is if you're familiar with the teachings of Jesus, but it's John chapter 14, verse 6. And uh, here it is right here. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this verse has tons of context. In fact, we could talk about this verse for a very long time today, but I have much more to share with you, so we can't stay there. We'll get back to it throughout the series, but this verse is a verse that has settled many people on the purpose of Christ. Oh, he came to reconcile God and man. He is the way to God. He's the truth. He's the life, and so some would say, isn't it so good to know with certainty the way to God? But this verse has also unsettled many people. Many people today don't like the exclusivity that this verse produces. And they don't like it when people say Jesus is the only way. But we didn't say it first. The Bible didn't say it first. This verse said it because Jesus said it. You see, there there seems to be the idea that we should remain open to many pathways to God. 
But Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then to make his point abundantly clear, he adds the final phrase, there is no other way. It's just me. I like to say it this way. There are endless ways to Jesus, but only one way to God. And I mean, we could talk about story after story of how people took their meandering path to find Jesus, but we know for certain because of Jesus' words himself that there's only one way to get to the Father, and that is through the Son, Jesus Christ. But the goal of this series is not to make an apologetic argument. It's not to prove Jesus's point intellectually or theologically, as much as it is to prove Jesus's point experientially. And so here we are, GT, this great church that has walked through a pandemic, and we've seen Jesus do what he said he would do. He's made a way where there wasn't a way. He's provided truth that has held us steady in crisis. And, and, and he continues to offer life to so many when death is the one thing that's on everybody's mind. Every day, people are hearing about the death of other people. And yet Jesus brings life. And so I want to kind of just give you a few big pictures of where we're seeing this, where we're experiencing this at GT Church. And, and I have to point to the finances of GT Church because God has provided for you and you in turn have sustained the church, including finishing phase one of our building project, which is absolutely mind-blowing. We were able to do that in a pandemic. And we had resources to use in local outreach and in global response and in things like our fresh food markets that are happening every week in three locations, ministering to people in a very practical way. We told you the story of Quadra Village and the transformation there and all the lives being touched. We, we told you before, but I'll tell you again about our interactions with the Cridge Center, where we gave backpacks to all of the kids for school, and we ministered to moms, and, and we've done stuff in the fall with, uh, with the Cridge as well. And, and all of these things are, are so beautiful, and they're, they're a picture of a vibrant, thriving church, even in the midst of crisis. God opened up new doors. We were so involved with, with COVID relief around the world. In the Philippines, where we were helping families survive. In India, where we were providing for basic needs. In Bangladesh, where we helped many, many pastors who live day-to-day -day on daily wages who couldn't work. We were able to provide for them so that their families didn't starve. It was that serious. And because of GT Church, knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He has helped us be much more than we thought we could be in this pandemic. I think of our online church. You know, we say Jesus is the truth. And, and online church has been a massive way to preserve the communication of truth to our church family and honestly to the world beyond. And, and we're now living in, in this new phase of life, but we're also now in living rooms all across Canada and around the world sharing the truth of Jesus. Uh, if you look at the map of Canada, I tell you, we have people watching from Haida Gwaii all the way to New Brunswick, 
And there's many other people watching from different parts of the world, but literally that far expanding across the country that we serve, we're in as many as 2,000 households every single week. And in the month of December, we had 10,000 views in that single month. And I'm just so grateful that we've been able to communicate truth, the truth of Jesus throughout this pandemic. We've also maintained a high value on evangelism and outreach. And, and we know that we have the hope of eternal life in Jesus. And we so want others to know that. So it's been amazing to see 31 people baptized from January 2020 to now. And we've, we have confirmed over 250 people who've accepted Christ during this pandemic through GT Church. And those numbers together combined tell of close to 300 lives. Think about that. 300 stories of transformation. That's countless families and, and countless workplaces and neighborhoods and social groups that have been impacted with the life of Jesus through GT Church. And so I say it with confidence. I say it again. Jesus is faithful every day. Every day of this last year, Jesus has been faithful. Every day we've got up and come to work or got up and stayed at home to work. We've got up and we have seen the sunrise and a new day granted to us because Jesus has been faithful every single day. You know, I really believe that this last year has taught us so much. Hey, don't you feel that? This isn't heaven, right? Where we live, it's beautiful, but it's not heaven. Life is far from perfect. We've become really acquainted with the uncomfortable, the tension, the difficulty of a, of a pandemic. And we've become more aware of our frailty. We see how little it takes for our world to literally shut down, right? And learning these things can be unsettling, yet what these things do is they provide us an opportunity to learn again from Jesus. Because Jesus was so beautiful in his way that he provided comfort for his disciples. And we're in John 14. I read to you earlier John 14, 6. But I want to back up now. I want to back up to the very beginning of John 14 and read a couple of verses with you where Jesus provides comfort for his disciples. And... and, and Right at the beginning of John 14, we're going to see that comfort being offered. But here's the truth. The disciples had reason to be very troubled. In chapter 13, Jesus told them that one of them was a traitor, that all of them would deny him, and that he would leave them that very night. That was it. Their world was literally falling apart. Sounds like March, April, and May last year, right? So let's now look and how Jesus brings comfort to these disciples, okay? Because this comfort is ours as well. So the first thing I want you to remember is this. Jesus comforts us with peace. He provides peace. I want you to look at this first verse with me. It's John 14, verse 1. It says, he, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You see, instead of giving in to a troubled heart, Jesus told them, 
to firmly put their trust in God. And as you've done that, he said to them, also put your trust in me, Jesus. And this was a radical call to trust in Jesus, just as one would trust in God the Father. And a radical promise that doing so would bring comfort and peace to a troubled heart. He's saying, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me. Belief in me brings you peace. Jesus offered them peace. The second thing that Jesus does in the next verse is Jesus offers us and them a place. A place. Let me explain. This next verse will explain what I mean by that. In verse 2, it says this, My father's house has many rooms. Some versions say mansions, like a big house, like the best house, right? And if that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Now, what Jesus is saying here is that there is a place that's prepared for you, and that should bring you tremendous comfort. This is how Jesus brought their troubled hearts comfort. There's a place that I am preparing for you. In other words, I might be gone physically, but you are on my mind. And even when I'm gone, I'm preparing for you because we're going to be together again. We hear much Christian conversation about peace. And we've talked a lot about peace because we need peace in these times. But we've often missed the deeper joy of the place. Are you hearing me? The place. Jesus talking about his father's house. That's a way of describing heaven. And what an amazing reward heaven is. And so in the difficulty of the pandemic, heaven becomes sweeter. Imagine living in another country, someplace that's very difficult, that's, that's very broken, that is in poverty and disease and so on. You can imagine how sweet the idea of a place prepared for us by Jesus himself you know, the truth is, in our culture, in our context, we're so guilty of being too comfortable, aren't we? We're so insulated that we mistake earth for heaven. Friends, let me tell you, this is not the reward. What you're experiencing now, your life on earth, this is the trial. It's not the reward. This is the tough stuff. And so if you're a Christian, your goal is not to to simply enjoy earth, but to prepare for heaven. Are you seeing the difference here? That's why Jesus offers you a place as part of his comfort for you. So receive that. Receive the potential of the joy of heaven. Don't allow that part of the comfort that Jesus provides to be lost on you because peace is wonderful, but a place is tremendous. Heaven as your home. What comfort? What can actually touch you here on earth that heaven itself can't remedy, can't fix, can't restore? It's perfection. It's beauty. It's the presence of God. Like we've never experienced that, right? And also the third thing I want to share with you about how Jesus gave comfort to his disciples and to us as well is this. Jesus makes us a promise. And the next verse gives us that promise. Let's read it together. John 14, 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. 
Jesus is saying, there's going to be an incredible reunion. Don't worry, I am going to go away, but let me comfort you. First of all, you can have your hearts comforted by the reality of who I am. Secondly, you can come to a place someday where I am. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come for you. I'm going to get you. Listen, the entire focus of heaven is being united with Jesus. Heaven is only heaven, not because the streets are gold or the pearly gates are there or even the presence of the angels. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. Because Jesus is there and he promised that he's going to be there with you. When you look at these three verses, you're being provided with the most comforting words Jesus ever uttered on earth. And the full spectrum of it needs to belong to you. You need to own it all. Not just peace, but the place and the promise. Let that, that powerful trifecta settle on you because what that will do for you is it'll give you a level of comfort and possibility. First of all, that already belongs to you. And, and secondly, that will fuel you in this next season. James Berry was the man who wrote Peter Pan, among other works that he wrote. And one of his books was about his mother. Her name was Margaret Ogilvie. And um, he, he wrote about his growing up in Scotland. And, and, and he told about how his mother endured a lot of misery in her life, including the tragic death of one of her sons. According to Morrison... Barry wrote that his mother's favorite Bible chapter was John 14. She read it so much that when her Bible was open and just kind of sat down, the pages would naturally fall open to this place. Barry said that when she was, was old and could no longer read these words, you know what she would do? She would stoop down to her Bible and kiss the page where the words were printed. These words of comfort that I'm sharing with you today were so precious to her. And my prayer is that today you would find the deep comfort that belongs to you in this passage. Jesus offers you his peace. But more than that, he offers you his place and his promise. His promise to return and take you there. So all of that is yours. And this picture of eternal life is so key to the Christian. Let's not miss that. I want to talk to you now as I wrap up. I'm closing up. Our, our time is over and, and I'm, I'm going to be done. But I just, I just want to take you back to those three thoughts. Peace, place, promise. And here's, here's what I want to say. When Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled in that, verse, that first verse of John 14, he was saying, believe in me. And can I encourage you, maybe you're watching today and, and you have not solidified your relationship with Jesus Christ. You haven't communicated your belief in him as God's son, as the one who is giving you his peace, his place, and his promise. And listen, if you need to make a decision to follow Jesus, can I encourage you, don't delay. Do it today. Do it right now. In fact, we want to make it simple for you. If you're watching on our church online platform, there's going to be a hand that comes up that you can click on that says, I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus. I believe in him. 
you click that right now. And if you're watching on YouTube or another platform, listen here, text LIFE to this number. It doesn't matter when you're watching this, you can text LIFE to this number and we'll reach back to you because we want to help you in your spiritual journey. I want to keep going now. I want to talk to the Christian for just a moment. I want you to be reminded of the place. Heaven is waiting for you. And here's the question. Are you waiting for heaven? Are you longing for eternity? Is eternity on your mind today? Because I feel like maybe that's what God is saying. The Bible tells us that that eternity has been placed within the hearts of men. There's a longing for eternity. And I want to encourage you, would you turn your face to heaven today? Would you allow the place that belongs to you, that's part of your reward, to settle again into your heart? You're not there yet, but there is your name on the door. You have an address in heaven. It's already there. And that's your reward You know, we think about going on a holiday or a vacation. We just can't wait to get to the place. Listen, there's a place that's been prepared for you. Long for that place. Long for that. And hang on. Hang on to the promise. Jesus said, I'll return. That's what's known as the blessed hope, the return of Jesus Christ. He's coming again. And so let's hold on. Maybe we won't die on earth and and go to heaven. Maybe we'll be transformed. Maybe there'll be a moment where Jesus returns and we rise to meet him in the air. That's the blessed hope. Listen, all of these things will fuel the comfort that belongs to you, that will be placed in your life. And so make room for eternity in your thinking. This is a new level of comfort. And this comfort allowed the disciples to endure every challenge, whatever life brought to them, and it can do the same for you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone who's watching. I thank you for that one right now who's making a decision to follow you, committing their lives to you. Lord, lead them gently. Show them your peace. Give them your peace in Jesus' name. And for those of us that are following you and have been a part of this journey, and, and and it is one year later, Lord. Oh God, I pray that the sweetness of heaven would rest upon us that the joy of the return of Christ would bring hope to us, that we would find a new level of comfort, an eternal comfort, Lord, as we wait for your return and as we celebrate what you're doing. You truly are the way, the truth, and the life. We're seeing you at work and we're longing for our home, our address that's already established in heaven. Lord, place the knowledge of eternity in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.